following is presented by CrewRoundTable.com Podcast Network. Welcome to Crew Roundtable Bites. Food for your mind. Recorded live to tape. No edits. Real, raw, and reasonable. This is Crew Roundtable Bites. Once again, to Crew Roundtable Bites, available on the Crew Roundtable Podcast Network. Please visit us on the web at crewroundtable.com, where you can subscribe to this and all the shows on the podcast network in one convenient feed. My name is Gino, and I'm joined by... JR, as always. And we are going to be taking a look at, uh, well, our main topic today is the controversy surrounding Harvey Weinstein and the rash of uh, allegations that are coming forward now against many members of the Hollywood community, uh, which relate to sexual assault, sexual abuse, inappropriate sexual behavior. uh, And Harvey Weinstein was essentially the tip of the spear, so to speak. Um, He was the one where... Uh, as one of the most powerful men in Hollywood, when accusations started coming out against him, the floodgates pretty much opened up. Um, we are going to try and find some positive news in this scandal. Uh, JR put together, or not JR put together, but he found uh, an article on Facebook. Uh, currently, it has 54,000 likes, over 3,000 comments, and 70,000 shares. And when he shared this article with me, uh, I feel that there's a lot of truth in this article, and it would be good for us to engage it a little bit at, at, at a little bit deeper level. Uh, so, Jr., take us into this article, how you found it, what you think about it, and then we'll go through each of the uh, points, uh, each of the paragraphs point by point, and we'll have you comment on it. Okay, yeah. And so, just to start off, th- this uh, this is a Facebook post by made by Nicole Stamp. I do not know Ms. Stamp personally, but uh, this post was shared uh, by a couple of friends of mine. And uh, I read the post. It was uh, dated October 16th. And, and, and the the focus of the post is, how, is basically advice to men on how to be more supportive of women how to, and how to break down rape culture and, and try to be, at, le- at the very least, less misogynist with the target of being not misogynist at all. So, you know, the, the, a lot the criticism, uh, one, of the, one of the things that, uh, uh, a lot, one of the criticisms of uh, following Harvey Weinstein is that suddenly, like, all men are in trouble. Uh, if you're a man at the office, then watch your back. Really exaggerated warnings to... Uh, which was which was done in criticism of women speaking up against Harvey Weinstein's numerous, numerous uh, uh, behavior assaults. Essentially, some of them were violent assaults. A lot of them were more inappropriate. Uh, but they were all there. This long-standing reputation of treating women extraordinarily badly. It was almost an uh, open secret, not unlike what. Uh, 
Gian Gameshi's uh, infamy here in Toronto was. But uh, getting off topic, so... Uh, yeah, let's not, let's not talk about Gian Gameshi. Yeah, uh, but go, get, getting, uh, getting back on topic, so uh, Miss Stamps... Uh, Ms. Stamps' focus was to to help to give advice to men on how to um, how to behave properly. So this is just to give her full credit. This is uh, we may not read each point word for word, just for for time. But all the points are completely her idea. This is her her uh, her, her uh, effort. So we're just trying to spread it to a larger audience. And the genesis of this article came out of the Me Too hashtag. Yes, that Me Too hashtag was started uh, following Weinstein. Now, whether it was still whether it was simply repopularized an existing hashtag or if it was a new one, I don't remember exactly. Explain to the people what Me Too is. Me, Me Too was basically I can't. I believe Alyssa Milano may have started it. May have started this latest wave. Where if every woman who has been sexually harassed or sexually harassed, assaulted or any way of, you know, treated poor, poorly in a sexual manner, uh, to, to post the hashtag MeToo on their social media, just so that men can see just how frequently this happens. And now, so just, just to give a volume to how, to, to how serious and how quantifiable, to give a quantity, a tangible quantity to how big this problem is. How how many women we know in our lives that have to deal with have dealt with this and have to deal with this every day, and that, that's that was the that was the effort behind Me Too is to it, it was supposed to give visibility. Now it, it, it itself has had some criticisms. Uh, many women have felt that you who know criticized them. Who 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 criticized Me Too? The, because. Um, some people, some women shouldn't feel that they need to advertise their trauma in order to get people to take them seriously. Um, it, it's not a direct quote, but it, 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 I guess there was a criticism of of women not participating. So this is a counter criticism um, uh, of the of the whole thing. Where it, while this is is while this is generally a good thing to shed light on the problem, some some feel that you know you shouldn't have to a victim should not have to trot herself out like some sort of show pony in order to make people take in order to take uh, sexual sexual mistreatment uh, seriously and sexual aggression uh, seriously. So, Sorry. So was it? Women who were saying they didn't like Me Too. Some women, some women felt that it put it forced it, it put pressure on assaulted women to have to relive it a, to a degree to to, to, to to shed light on it. Because some people uh, who are who are sexually uh, assaulted don't want to don't want to think about it again. And by you know this almost becomes the peer pressure. To, to join in on this cause when someone really does not want to have to, does not want to relive it, much less show it off to everybody else that, that, that they admit it. You know, they don't want, they don't want to have to publicly admit this. Okay, that's that's news to me because I, yeah. I, I I was not aware of any it's not, counter it, backlash besides maybe like it, it, it was not a huge backlash, but it was a criticism. That's it's 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 a, it, was, it, it was a criticism as opposed to a backlash. Mm. 
Okay, uh, so there's uh, there's your first piece, your first bit of education on today's mm-hmm. show. Uh, let's let's dive into the points, shall we? Um, All right. So the first the first point. The okay. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say uh, one thing that uh, one point that you left out uh, when you were given the background is that she wrote. So the author, what was her what was her name? Nicole Stamp. Nicole Stamp. So she wrote it to originally to a small group of her male friends. Okay. Yes. So and then it just kind of exploded. Yes. Right? Uh, so these are <coughs> tips that can be used by everybody. Uh, in Nicole's opinion, as to how to uh, combat that feeling, how to uh, uh, definitely not make things better, but how to change behavior so that this type of exploitation doesn't happen in the future. Yes, I would agree. So, point number one, I think it's 14 or 15 points, so we'll just go through them here. Mm-hmm. Um, Point number one, practice these phrases. That's not cool, and that's a shitty thing to say. Say these things to other men. So remember, this is being written to Nicole's small group of male friends. Yeah, these are guidelines for men. For men. Yeah. So say these things to other men who are saying disrespectful things to or about women. Point number one. I think that's pretty pretty clear. I mean, I can't disagree with that. Do you think it's point number one because it's the most important point on this list? Um... I would say they're all fairly equally important. I think I think this is just uh, the, the easiest to the to the to the most difficult. I would say, um, as you can see, so as as it goes down the list, the, the it becomes the, the the points become uh, more, require an increased effort. So I, I think that I think that might be the uh, the for the basic to the more advanced uh, steps. And I, I would agree. It, it's very easy to, uh, and we're not saying. Criticizing women, uh, criticizing a woman for one for reason. If someone is, uh, you know, they're human beings, and you you can you can talk you you can discuss them like any other person. And if they they're wrong, and you can back up your 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 assertion with facts, that's one thing. But to uh, you know, slag someone or to com- just verbally abuse uh, to, to to be disrespectful because they're women, you know. To automatically go to oh well I guess that she must be on her period or something it must be that time of the month that's why she's acting like this you know that's the kind of thing she's she's talking about attacking a woman because she's a woman and not specifically on on, on any other real reason and you have done this in the past yes I've called I've called out uh, friends uh, friends on this in the past so what do they say to you when you step up. And put this point in there. Sometimes they'll be like, sometimes they'll be, they'll they'll get indignant about it. You know, what's it to you? What do you care? You know, or sometimes they'll they'll uh, they'll get they'll be embarrassed about being called out and will back off. They just won't. They won't. They just change the subject. Moving on to point number two, uh, we probably won't spend too much time on this one. Follow some feminist writers on social media. Uh, I actually do do this. Uh, a couple of my, uh, several of my podcasts are are, are, are led by exclusively women and uh, um, primary and, and and women of color, but white and black women. Uh, at least four. Some of the podcasts you listen to. Yeah, I oh, listen sorry. to. Yeah, I thought you were making reference to the other show you have on the network. Oh no 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 no! I li- no these are ones I listen to. 
uh, I listened to at least, of my list, four of them are 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 all are all female podcasts. Uh, leads nicely into point number three: <laughs> boost female voices. When there's an issue and you're going to share an article about it, especially if it's a gender issue, take a minute to try and find one written by a woman. Same goes for all other marginalized groups. Uh, I, I guess that's I would agree with that. Um, you know, the, the, the people, women don't get promoted simply because they're women. You know, if it, it, it's been shown that if a, if a woman publishes something, a piece of work, and a man publishes the same thing, more often the men will get more. Uh, um, uh, what's that? What's the word? More uh, recognition. Recognition. It'll be more recognized and more. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. It, it, it will. It, 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 he will receive more. Um, more accolades, ma- higher esteem. Yeah, exactly. It'll be seen more and rec- recognition. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. He will be more recognized and highlighted for having written that article than a woman has. So, uh, and, and, and we, so we need we need to we need to focus on: Are we just promoting? A particular article be- simply because it was written by a man. We need to you know, examine our biases and try to try to be a little more balanced in in, in the in the work we promote. It leads nicely into point number four. Mm-hmm. Boost what women say at work. Listen for women being dismissed, and say, "Hey, she has a point." This 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 top this point goes back to what we discussed. Uh, one of the things we discussed in the uh, the Google episode. Of roundtable bites uh, James, uh, earlier, James Damore, James Damore, and I was saying that the, the, you know this is some this 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 one point is something that uh, women and former classmates have complained all the time, especially in STEM fields, where they are talked over. Explain STEM, STEM, uh, you know, science, technology, and uh, I can't remember the rest of it. EM ones and mathematics. Science, technology, and mathematics. It's engineering a, and mathematics. Engineering, I was going to say explain it for all the women in the audience, yeah. but maybe I should have explained it. <laughs> but yes, um, all, so it, how, now you are in the STEM field. I'm in the STEM field. I'm, I'm an engineer. I was uh, uh, I was in I graduated in chemical engineering at the uh, University of Toronto, and uh, I was in I was in the one discipline that was touted as having uh, the highest male to female ratio it was approximately one to one. Chemical engineering was it, it, it was it was the chemical it, it was chemical engineering was actually had its own had a, had a fairly positive reputation because it was a fifty almost a fifty percent split male to female and then it dropped off significantly in the other disciplines but um, but a lot of my friends have complained that uh, you know and, and I've and I've heard in other podcasts about STEM that women's uh, contributions are not recognized they are. Treated poor, they are, they are treated as sex objects, uh, only valued for their looks. They are, um, they are, um, Before you they, they are, uh, they're, they're interrupted. They are dismissed outright. If they promote, put, put forward an idea, it's dismissed without good reason. And, you know, and almost, and, and a lot of the times they end up, they, they've been asked to get coffee. And be, be the secretary simply because they're the woman. So this is why we're not going to get to every point on this list because we're going to dive down this rabbit hole a little bit because we've got Jr. here who's in the field. 
Now, you said that your class, your your group, your cohort, mm-hmm. had a fairly high representation of women. Yes. Okay. Now you're working, and you've been in the field for 15 years. Do you see women in your field at the level where you're working? It is less. It is, it, it is not. I do see them. Uh, it's not 50%, though. Now, this, of course, is one of the terms we have here, anecdata, right? It's just one yeah, person. Yeah, this is just things I've seen. But... Um, the the women that you went to school with. So do you still keep in touch with any of them? I I I I, I keep uh, I keep in touch with a good number of them, and they're they're they are still in their field. So uh, none, none of them none, have, none of them have quit. No, none of them have disappeared, or right. So they're they're all still doing their that work in the field. Yes, they're still in engineering in, in one in one way or another. But yes, and the people that you work with, is it an older crowd? Is it a younger crowd? Is it? I'm just trying to gauge because if you're on the if your cohort is the one to one, right? We would like to think that things are getting better with a well, younger I, I don't, workforce. See, this is the problem: is I don't live, I, I don't work in an en- a chemical engineering a, specific, a strictly chemical engineering uh, company, and this is where the skew is now becoming visible. Most of the engineering engineers in my office, um, at least in my, uh, in my building, uh, are, are all men. So, what is the predominant field where you are? Because you said it's not chemical engineering. Um, uh, there's there's uh, civil engineering. There's electrical engineering. Um, there's some gas. There's some non-engineers which who are gas uh, fuel burning specialists. Uh, but but unfortunately, the pro- predominant uh, uh, employees that are doing the and you know testing and and, and technical work are men. It, it's 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 pretty it's pretty obvious. It's it's, it's not even. Close to being fifty percent. So, do you feel that your work environment is representative of the general working environment? Would it be Would it be uh, more or less common for you to experience what you have at work in any STEM field? Yeah, this is this is what's this is the this is a criteria. I don't want to get too far off topic. We've got a lot more points. No, no, but, but this this is uh, we can do a whole. We should do a whole more a whole topic on this actually. Uh, women in STEM uh, a little more, but just to, just to, just to quickly wrap up that on this one is um, the 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 skew in in my company is not a rarity. It's probably par for the course, and it is um, it's more it's definitely an indictment on the treatment of women's women in STEM in general. Uh, that that's it, generally forcing them out of the field. Not forcing them out of the field, but it's definitely discouraging them from putting in the effort uh, to to continue where they could move into a different field and and do and do and do just as well and, and without without suffering the indignities that they've that the STEM fields uh, have heaped on them. So this is a bigger subject that we can't. I don't. I don't think we need to cover this part right now. Back to the list then. Yeah. So the next point is uh, another work-related item. Uh, be mindful of how you introduce women, particularly at work functions. Uh, men are introduced with job titles and accolades, and women are introduced as the lovely or the beautiful. Oh, this is so true. And it, it, it's stuff like this where I've never treated someone like this. I've never, I've never, well, I've never had to announce someone, so I'm just going to put that out there. But I, I I can't imagine, you know, re, trying to ref, re, publicly referring uh, to a uh, to a colleague by her looks. Uh, 
uh, as opposed to her her uh, her title or her, her degree. You know, it, it, minimi- it really minimizes, and then this 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 yeah, this definitely relates to the last to the last. Um, I think one of the points that uh, that um, Mrs. Stamp Ms. Stamp uh, states is that seventy two percent of the time. Um, Male doctors are at, at male at conferences. Male doctors are introduced as doctor and then their last name, and um, 40, 49% of the time, women only forty nine percent of the time are women introduced as such. And while not obvious, it does it does set up kind of a bias where if someone doesn't have a title. You assume that they're not qualified to speak on this on this uh, on the behalf. Even even if their name appears on screen with the title in it, because someone hasn't said the title, it, it almost diminishes uh, their having it. So I think if you don't call someone doctor or or, or uh, you know whatever what other whatever you know, PhD or whatever, um, it, it is a disrespect to the person. You're talking to, uh, be it male or female. Unfortunately, it happens almost uh, clearly. It's clearly happening a lot more to women, and, and I've heard this uh, heard this criticism in other podcasts as well, where women are not introduced with their full title and are uh, and are you and are sometimes introduced uh, with uh, with adjectives that have to do with their looks. This point and the one that follows it, uh, don't call female colleagues or strangers cutesy diminutive names. I think that's all one big point. Uh, you would never speak to your boss in a way, I mean, depending on your personal relationship with your boss or depending on your personal relationship with your coworker, you would never call someone sweetheart or <laughs> you, girl. You essentially would never call another man like this. Exactly. If you were, exactly. A, 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 you don't talk to another guy at the office like this. Very rarely, unless you had some sort of friendship, some known friendship. But you don't. You re, even that's this unprofessional behavior. And this is where I've heard some crazy stories from some of the podcasts I'm listening to, where you know it, it happens a lot. Sometimes it's blatant, it's blatant enough to happen into the in the office where the you know a woman is. Is simply treated as blatantly treated as a second-class citizen, regardless of the amount of education she has, and uh, and it's and and then, and then it goes up tenfold when it's a business trip. Business trip people feel that they are out of the office and therefore they can behave like they're on their own time. You know, talking about what kind of porn they like to watch. All sorts of ridiculous things, not realizing that when you are on a business trip, you are no, you you are not clocked out. No, everything you do is uh, is under the company. This is not the same. Just is not the same thing as when you end the, you leave home at the end of the day, and then enter your personal life. When you are on a business trip, when you are at any work function or work related function, you are on the clock responsibility wise. Uh, this is something that's been told to us time and time again at work uh, that when you are at a function or, or, or representing yourself in, in, uh, in some way in terms of work, you're, you're at work and you should behave as such. Now, there are always the stories of people who 
take things too far to work function. They'll get tanked. They'll get plastered. They'll generally make a nuisance of themselves. I mean, these are people who don't understand what it means to have their actions reflect on the company. Because it does. People are going to ask, who are you? If there's a group of 50 of you staying at a hotel or something, right? It's going to come back and and damage the reputation of the company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you are treating your own co-workers in this way, and I'll, I'll just give you one quick little example from my own work history. The best boss that I ever had was a female. And I called her boss. And I still call her boss to this day. I still keep in touch with her even though I don't work with her anymore. Given my, given my varied work history, I'm not even in that field anymore. I still keep in touch with her and I call her boss. And mm-hmm. I would do that if she was if, if she was a man. I would do that. Well, boss, boss in itself is not a derogatory name. It's definitely not, has, it's not a diminutive name. I don't, you know. Oh, I no, 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 no. I wasn't, I, I wasn't I saying that. I definitely think that's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting that as an appro- as appropriate terminology to use a word. And, and I'm speaking more to the point of whatever her sex is, I would treat her, I would treat her the same way because I've had great male bosses too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to always look at it and say, if I did this to someone else, would it be appropriate? If you went to your boss and you went, Hank, you're beautiful. That just seems kind of weird, don't you think? Yeah, it would. And usually, it, it, it rarely happens up the chain of command. No. It, yeah, this, it, this, this, this happened, this, 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 and I'm going to clarify my point. It happened a couple episodes when we talked about romantic uh, comedies. Uh, that sexual harassment rarely, rarely happens uphill because a subordinate is not going to get away with harassing a superior, a superior at the office. So unless they're an idiot and they try it once, but it doesn't, but any, any, any uh, someone who tries to sexually harass someone wants to do it for a long period of time, wants to keep their job. So it, gener- it generally flows downhill. I know you're going to speak on point number seven, so let's take some time on it. Okay. Uh, seek enthusiastic consent in your sexual encounters. Yes. No means no. Yes. And this, this I would actually link back to the social media thing. There are a lot of really good sex-focused podcasts from a woman's perspective. I listen to, uh, I listen to two. I listen to a, a podcast called Sex with Timory, which is a... This is a PhD in Philadelphia, Dr. Timory Lee. She has um, a podcast and she talks on various sexual subjects. It's not all negative. Sometimes, you know, she does highlight a lot of it politically, but uh, on various podcasts. And um, I also listen to a comedy duo called uh, Sorry About Last Night. They have a podcast called Guys We Fucked, an anti slut shaming podcast. Uh, which which basically is intended to uh, encourage women to not feel uh, ashamed for being a sexual for being as sexual as men are, and tries to give them uh, tries to encourage women to have sexual license. Um, but and and they, and, they, and and both and I, and I mentioned these podcasts because they talk you know they frequently talk about consent. Consent is someone agreeing to. Uh, 
to engage in sexual act with you. And it's not just consent, it is enthusiastic consent. And you can tell the difference between the two. This is not, as this point, as this point, um, uh, as this point, as, as, as Ms. Stamp says in her point, reframe how you think of consent. You are not supposed to just go for it until someone yells no. And that's when you stop. That's old fashioned and gross. Unfortunately, as men, we've been, we've been educated to be aggressive, uh, sexually. And women are intended, where, where our, a man's value is how many women he can have sex with. And a woman's value is how, is based on how many men she does not have sex with. And this is a huge discourse and does nobody any, does nobody any, uh, any, uh, favors because the, you've got two, tar- two groups of people who are targeting two different goals that are completely mutually exclusive. And, and which is where you get, you know, highly aggressive. I'm going to try to get it to see what I can get away with until I get top down. And then I'm going to try starting again. Women are, are keep being, keep getting pushed into this gatekeeper role. Whereas, you know, just find someone who wants to do these things with you. Don't, don't, don't incur, don't force yourself on someone who doesn't, who's, who isn't interested. You know, you know, you know, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to be forced to do anything, even non-sexually, that you don't want to do. So why are you forcing someone else to? There's a enthusiastic consent. So when someone, it, it, it comes down to the old average: don't fuck someone who doesn't want it as much as you do. And just, just, just follow that rule. And 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 it's not so much that you have to ask before every step. But there are cues. If you are paying attention to your partner, you can see whether or not she wants to or not. And in some cases, women have been, dis- have been socialized not to resist and not, not to oppose the opinion of men. And therefore, you have to take it down upon yourself to read their body language and react accordingly. If you're doing something and she does not, if they're not appreciating it or it looks visibly uncomfortable, you need to back off and, 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 and start using your words and, and start asking, maybe. In the interest of time, point number eight, don't use gendered or misogynist insults. I'm just going to say, yes, we agree. Move yeah, on that, to point nine. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty obvious. Like, don't, like, bitch, kind of slut, pussy, you know, call, uh, insulting people with body parts that are not are not universal. Points 9 and 10, I find, are, again, related points. Uh, Point 9, if there are little boys, teen boys, and young men in your life, role model, so again, this is being, this was written to her circle of male friends. She is telling her circle of male friends to be a role model for young men in their lives and making it explicit that feminine is not a less than. Uh, point number 10, I think, is really just an example of that. Uh, point number 10, be wary of constantly or only telling little girls they're pretty or cute or commenting on their hairstyle and clothing. Uh, instead, engage them more. Say, you know, what kind of toy is that? That looks fun. Are you reading any books? Uh, don't focus primarily on their looks and teach them from a young age that their looks are the be-all and end-all of what it means to be a little girl. Uh, one, little, one little extension I want on this is, is I'm. What, this is this is a protest. I'm. I'm pursuing. 
Not by I have an I have a niece. She's only she's very she's she's only a couple a year old a year old, and I refuse. I'm going to refuse to buy her anything pink, simply because I've seen you you flip through the uh, the toy catalog, and everything that's related to a girl, if it's not a doll, is fucking pink. You've got pink bikes. You've got pink telescopes. Pink uh, science equipment. Like, everything is this disgusting shade of pink. I don't understand why everything associated with women, even if it's not a doll, has to be pink. It is absolutely ridiculous how much pink is on a, uh, uh, in, in the girls' section of, uh, of, the, uh, of, of, a, of a toy catalog. It's ridiculous. And I, I refuse to buy my niece anything pink. If I'm going to buy it, I just buy a regular, if she wants to do science, buy a regular telescope, buy a regular microscope and, and not have to deal with this pink silliness because that's not a decision you have to make for a boy. Why is that something, why, why is that a decision you need to make for a girl? You know, if you were to buy, buy a, a science equipment for a boy, well, you know, it's pretty generic, it's pretty standardized. But in some cases for women, there's women's stuff and guys stuff. And I, I just refuse to, to, to spend a penny on anything that's pink. It's, it's just ridiculous. I, I think you're reaching a bit with that one. Uh, you, you should you should look at the toy catalog. Yes, take take a look at the toy. Catalog. I have two. It's, it's I know. Dicr- it is extremely different. But I but I think you're reaching a little bit by saying you're you're taking a stand by not buying your niece anything pink. I'm sure she already owns a bunch of pink items, and you can buy her something pink. There are lots of women who go out and buy things specifically because they're pink and they like it. And pink is not well, if this a woman color ch- that men are avoiding at every at, at every turn. It, that has changed completely, I think, in the last 20 years at least. You'll see men wearing pink now, and it's just not a big deal anymore. They, they can wear a pink shirt into the office. We have an entire color spectrum. or Sorry, not, not a spectrum. We have the entire color pink is owned by breast cancer awareness charities. We have NFL teams that wear pink gloves, pink hats. They incorporate pink into but they only, their uniform. They, they only wear pink once in a while. It, it's not, it, and, and that's that's a totally different thing. It's 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 it's, it's a team thing for usually yes, breast cancer related. But, but the color wh- pink is associated with little the girl, But little girls are almost not given an option. You, you, your your example with a woman with an adult woman who chooses to wear pink is a different animal because she is making a choice. But little kids don't buy their own toys. No, I agree they, with you. Okay. I agree with you on the mic on the microscopic on the microscope example, because if you want to give a kid a microscope, it doesn't have to be pink. Yeah. Right. It was just overwhelming how much pink is pink plastic. But buying is, is a in, pink microphone or buying a pink uh, microscope, some people might just see that as, "Hey, that's fun." Like I like. I think your hard stance on not buying your niece anything pink, I think that's a step too far. Uh, I won't do it. I'm not saying she's not going to, and I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to make a big stink about people. But I think I, I, I'm not going to do it because I foresee her getting so much pink stuff. Well, that happens. That I don't want to contribute to that. Yeah. And you know that, and that's my way is I'm just going to buy her regularly colored stuff and be done with it. Uh, we conflated points 9 and 10. Point number 11 of the 14. 
when a woman is walking alone and you end up walking behind her, especially in dark or secluded areas, please slow down to increase the distance between you or better yet, cross the street. Go out of your way to help her feel that you're not following her. Yeah, this is um, this is just a general life tip, I would say. Is uh, uh, you know, although the majority of sexual assault happens by happens to women by someone they they know, um, you know, the percentage of uh, their fear of being attacked by a total strangers still exists. You're out on your own. It's scary. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, it is, and, and and most of the time, men are generally bigger than women. You know, there's the occasional woman that's at, that's big enough to defend herself, but that's not the point. Um, you know, you want to be aware of the the threat, the implied threat you po- you pose on someone. Uh, I mentioned in our in our online dating episode that you know uh, the majority of women I was meeting on dates were. Much smaller than I was. I'm six one. I'm about two hundred pounds. I am, uh, you know, I'm a fairly sizable human male. I don't think you've measured yourself recently. You're a lot bigger than six one. <laughs> anyway, I'm physically aware. I, I am. I am primarily aware of the size difference between me and, and, and someone I would be. I would have met on a date, and as such, I had to uh, behave differently. You know. Uh, not be so imposing, you know, allows it because this is someone I would have not, I've only met once. So you have to, you know, restrict your measures. You, you, you are not intentionally being threatening, but it can be, it can still be, it, it can still feel threatening to someone who doesn't know you. And if it's someone on the street, it's even more so. So uh, this is a good tip. Uh, I don't. I don't spend. I obviously don't spend enough time following, walking behind women in dark and secluded areas. So I can't really relate to this point. This happened to me one time where I got off the subway. Wait, were were you the person in front or were you the person behind? I was the person behind. I was. uh, We. I got off. I got off a train. I I happened to notice this woman on on train. I just you know you get on a train, you walk down, you see people. I saw. I I happened to notice this one woman. Uh, I was going to a party. A friend's house. Uh, I was downtown, and then I got off the train. Noticed this one got off the train. Got up. Then, then when we got, then I, then I got outside. I also noticed this one was staying, looking at, waiting at the same crosswalk I was waiting at, and at the, and then she turned, and ultimately it turns out she was actually going to the same party I was, and it's one of those things where like, oh my god, I am, I am accidentally stalking this woman. Wait, did you talk to her after? Did she feel? We like ended up getting. Familiar? We ended up getting into the same elevator, and we, that's when we realized we were going to the same party. No, no, no. Did you talk to her after? Did you say like? Did she say I felt you were following me? I felt. No, no, no. She asked, "Is uh, so? Are you going to so and so's party?" It's like, yes. I'm sorry. I, I, I felt really weird uh, following you all this way. I felt. I thought it was really. I was trying not to be weird. I thought, but uh, as uh, you know, I, 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 I acknowledge the awkwardness, but. It can happen. You, you know, you follow, you're walking down the street behind some random, random woman that you're, and you may not even be aware that you're doing it. And no one's saying that it's a sin to walk down the street behind a female. Just be aware of, of what could possibly be going through her mind. The next point is fantastic. I think it should have been much higher up on the list if these were written in any sort of ranked order. Okay. Teach your elders to do better. Yes, yes, I've heard that this is like one of the 
This is a really big point I've heard. Um, I listened to a, an advice show uh, called Savage Love by Dan Savage out of Seattle. He's, he, he runs a, a relationship and sex advice uh, podcast. It's very popular. A lot of people listen to him. He's got millions of listeners. And yeah, this tends to happen a lot around... This kind of question comes up a lot around Christmas and around uh, American Thanksgiving, where there's one weirdo, uh, usually elderly uh, relative. It's all almost exclusively a man. There's always almost, and the caller is always a woman who uh, is uh, approached, uh, has has had dirty remarks made towards her, has her ass grabbed. It happens all the time, and because it's a family setting, she feels intimidated into not making. Uh, a scene. Whether or not this relative is on her side, whether it's on her her uh, her uh, partner partner side, they all feel pressured into just let it go. This is not the time to make. This is not the time or place to make that to call the so and so out on it. And, you know, we're we're trying to have Thanksgiving, so the 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 the, you know, the celebration becomes a tool to silence women when they have had uh, when they've actually had been sexually violated to whatever degree you know and this is this usually is actually and as, as this point is this is actually the best time to call them out in front of everybody who and in fact this group is probably other people who this this relative has victimized you know if he, if, if if grandpa has grabbed the one woman's ass i'm sure he's grabbed everyone uh, everyone else's ass they're just not saying anything and in in and in and in being quiet, they are uh, enabling his behavior because he realizes that they're not going to say anything. So and sometimes it emboldens these these people. So this is a this is a, this is a, I agree with you, Gino. This actually probably should have been much higher on the list. This is a really good point, and I I, I would almost I would almost say call out pervy grandma and racist grandpa, uh, pervy grandpa and racist grandma. At the time they say say and do these behaviors, don't wait until afterwards. You know, this is the time. You know, you know, this is the, you, have, you have to pick you have to pick your battles, and you need an audience. And you know, you, by calling them out, you may embolden other relatives uh, to speak out as well. Moving on, point thirteen: Don't argue so much in conversations around types of oppression that you don't personally experience. Keep an eye open for our culture's gross habit of putting the onus on the oppressed person to dredge up their pain for inspection. That's that's uh, that's what I was talking about with the... Uh, Jungle Meshi? No, no, the, me too, the hashtag me oh, too. Oh, the hashtag me too? Yeah, the oppressed person drag up their pain. That was the that was the criticism. That, 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 it's put much better, much elo- more eloquently... Uh, by by Mrs. Ms. Stamp. So but, this so this point is a criticism of Me Too. N- no, this one's not specifically, but this this point uh, this is an echo of what people were saying. This is a, a good summary of what some people were saying about Me Too, uh, about expecting uh, the oppressed person or women to dredge up their pain for inspection in order to call attention to the issue. Okay. Right. Uh, she, now I'm not saying. Nicole was not the one doing the criticizing. It's just that this this phrase is basically a good summary of what people were saying. And point number 14, 
Well, it's, it's not. Hey, we didn't really explain this whole point. Yeah, basically, if you were not, it, it, this works in many conversations. If you're not a woman, you don't get to tell someone how bad rape actually is. You know, there there have been many uh, been many cases in India where a judge has told a, a rape victim, "Well, why don't you just lie back and enjoy it?" But you don't get to tell someone who has been victimized. Uh, and in a case where you've never experienced that victimization, how to behave and how to react. It happens all the time. And not just to women. So this is a, this is a really, really good point. If I'm listening to, uh, someone speak on a topic I don't know, the best point is just to listen. You that's know, exactly, that's yeah. exactly what 14 says. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I moved on. Oh, right, right, yeah, that's exactly. Well, we've already started, so that that is exactly what point fourteen says. Yeah, thirteen um, to fourteen are very are almost the same point as well. Yes. Yeah, try not try to focus on the topic at hand. Don't center on your own feelings. So that judge there had his own feelings, pretty much overriding the feelings of the person who was raped and trying to tell him, "Hey, this is what happened." Mm-hmm. Um, so you're bang on there, uh, and that is the final point, and she ends it with. Thanks for trying to be decent men. We see you. And I thought that was a great way to end off this list. I think that was great too. Because a lot of guys love to say, we're all monsters. There's no way we can win. Well, and and I I felt this was very encouraging. And I'm going to try harder in in, in the following. This This is a pretty comprehensive list. I I can't even think of it. Obviously, I'm not a woman. So I can't think of anything else to add to this list. I don't think I need to... We need to add anything else to this list. Should we put up a link on the website? Uh, I think we will uh, include a link to this post uh, in in our post. I think this may have been a public post. Uh, so well, I was able to see it, and I'm not and I'm not friends with her. Yeah, exactly. Same here. So she may she may uh, be a her 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 whole profile may be public. So I think we'll we'll put a link to this post in in the post in the, when we in the show notes. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Crew Roundtable Bites. We're talking about posting links and show notes. You can find that information on our website, crewroundtable.com, the mothership of the Crew Roundtable podcast network. Please go there, uh, subscribe to our feed on iTunes, where you get this and all the other shows on the Crew Roundtable podcast network in one convenient feed. You can find our links to Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube all by visiting one highly efficient website, crewroundtable.com. Until next time, take care, everyone. JR, take care. Thank you. You too.